0: This is it. With one last chance for success, Luke Skywalker races his fighter down the long trench of the Death Star with Darth Vader in close pursuit. I'm on the leader. One last missile, one last try, and with the voice of Ben Kenobi in his mind, use the Force, Luke. Luke pushes the button. Remember, Force will be with you. Always. Star Wars, rated PG, parental guidance suggested. <laughs>
1: Star Wars fans and Move Milkers everywhere, and welcome to the seventh episode of Blast Points, where we know the only thing more fun than watching Star Wars is talking Star Wars. Today we've got another very special interview episode, and today I had the pleasure of talking to Star Wars artist Mr. Joe Caroni. Now, if Joe's name isn't familiar to you, which it should be, his art definitely is if you're a fan of anything awesome. Not only has he done Tons of work for Star Wars. He has done stuff for Star Trek, X-Files, True Blood, Doctor Who. He's done comic book work. His stuff's been in Star Wars Insider. Go to JoeCarone.com. You've seen his stuff. So let's head over to that interview I had with Mr. Joe Carone right now. How early do you remember... Starting to do art, like, like were you were you were the you the young kid in art class that was always drawing, or
0: what was going on? Um. Yeah, I was really young. I mean, I remember even before school. Um. I mean, I was around three or four years old when I. Um. I, I guess I I remember drawing at a really early age, and when I saw, and it's really. It really is tied into Star Wars because I saw it and when it was first released back in '77. So I was barely four years old, and I remember um, I remember drawing Star Wars pictures all the time. And um, that summer, when Marvel Comics came out with their adaptation um, of, of the movie, the comic came out. Um, I think it was shortly after the movie, or it was later that summer, I think, or whenever I got my copy of it. And right. It was around my birthday, around my fourth birthday, I remember my mom bought me the, the Treasury Edition, which was sort of like the oversized uh, comic book that oh. Marvel used to put those out back in the day. And I had this big oversized comic book of Star Wars, and I would draw pictures, um, because I had seen the movie, and I, I you know, it just inspired me it fascinated me at that early age so and it still does obviously to this day I I make a living doing Star Wars art so it really it it really goes way back to Star Wars inspiring me to draw uh, when I was around four years old.
1: Did you have any favorite characters back then like when you were four or five around there that you like drawing or ships or anything?
0: Yeah I I'm trying to remember who, I mean, Darth Vader has always been my perennial favorite, I guess, because I, I, I mean, I, he, he, when I was little, he scared me, like, because he was yeah. so, he was, to me, when I first saw him appear in the movie, when he, when he comes through the blockade on doorway, and, you know, he's on the Tantum floor, and there's all the smoke, and he, he, he. It's lasting by, and he just passes through. I, I hid behind my seat. I remember, well, I remember hiding under my theater seat, thinking and like peering between the cracks of the seat. And uh, I, I thought he was like a demon. I didn't know there was a guy in a robot suit. Like I thought he was some kind of monster. Yeah. And uh, to me, you know. Today kids are like yeah Darth Vader whatever, but back then to me it was like oh my god what is this thing? It it creeped me out as a as a four year old, and uh, so I, I it was kind of this like this scary love hate relationship with the character since I was a little kid because he he scared me but he fascinated me and, and I guess maybe by drawing him or. Or, or trying to uh, capture him in my art, you know, and I just do sketches of him. Like that was my way of sort of coming to to peace with this evil character that frightened me. But I think Darth Vader's always fascinated me ever since yeah. I was little, and he's still my favorite character to draw and and to work with as a storyteller with Star Wars.
1: Did you, did you, um, so as you got older, did you continue, did you study art? Did you go to school for it?
0: Yeah, yeah, I took, uh, when I was really little, I was, you know, I think I was around six or seven, maybe eight years old, I think, somewhere right in there when I started taking private art classes, uh, like private, um, like I had my art class in school, but then on Uh, certain weeknights or on Saturdays I started taking private art classes and then I did that like um, basically just extra art classes on the side I did that um, all the way through grade school and high school um, taking like workshops and stuff like that uh, Saturday art courses and I just I knew at an early age that I wanted to be an artist and my mom and my dad were very supportive and and, and uh, would, you know, take me to these art classes on the weekends and stuff. And, um, yeah, and then I graduated uh, high school. I went to art college. I got my degree in illustration. Um, and then I taught art classes for about 10 years, just part-time, just uh, one or two nights a week. I did that right after college, but that was just like a a side thing I I taught a comic book illustration course Um, but I was I've been a professional artist Uh, I started getting published when I was in college so I I started pretty early
1: so like um, that made me think like you know like like Luke had Yoda and Obi-Wan as a a special mentor while you were in school did you have any teachers any mentors that stood out above anyone else that could almost look at as like your Yoda
0: (laughs) you know know, that's a good question I don't think anyone's ever asked me that in uh, the history of of being interviewed and I've done a lot of interviews
1: oh man well I'm glad I'm glad first
0: time (laughs) yeah that's I think that's no one's ever asked me who my Yoda was Um, I've had I to think about that. I mean, I've had—I mean, I, uh, there's a couple people that come to mind instantly um, that were really influential, and and actually, and I had them for very short periods of time as 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 instructors. I, I've had lots of art teachers, sure, growing up, um, but there were a couple that definitely stood out but I only I only really had one I had for like a semester, uh, another one I had for uh, a summer I mean not even a couple months but um, but yeah they both uh, both of these people definitely um, had an impact on my art career on my sort of my official art career these were I guess these were my official art teachers. One was, his name was Gary Barker, and he, I think I was in junior high, and I started taking animation and comic book art classes with him at a, at a local college where I grew up in Indianapolis, and he taught a Saturday course. And, and he, he definitely uh, was, a, was a big influence. He, he was, uh, he had done some comic book work, and he was a cartoonist for, uh he, for some newspaper strips and stuff. So he, he, he at an early age, he definitely left an impact. And then later on in college, um, for a semester, I had uh, my friend Daryl Banks. Uh, he was the artist on Green Lantern for DC Comics and um, professional comic book illustrator, incredibly talented, super nice guy, one of the best teachers I ever had. Um, and he taught me a lot. Uh, and I, I, yeah, I just had him for a semester, and then I guess the third person, um, who wasn't really, I would definitely consider probably my most, <laughs> my most Yoda of, <laughs> of any of them, and she was, um, she was, she's my friend, and she, she sort of took me under her wing and taught me a lot uh, about. Illustration and well, not I mean, just about everything, life in general, really. Uh, she's a great friend, but uh, her, her name is Jan Durzma, and she used to draw, uh, she worked on the Star Wars comics for like 10 years for Dark Horse.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say that name sounded really familiar.
0: Yeah, yeah, she uh, she drew Star Wars Republic, um. I mean, she drew this ton, mostly it was Star Wars Republic, but then she did a ton of, you know, miniseries and, and one-shots, and basically she was the go-to artist for Star Wars at, uh, at Dark Wars, and a lot of the expanded universe uh, that was created during the prequel era, um, you know, from like 99, 2000 up until... You know, basically until Dark Horse lost the license a few years ago. Right. Uh, I mean, she, Jan is really, even though she's an artist, um, <laughs> she actually did create a lot of that material for the expanded universe, which a lot of authors and other artists, you know, would go on to use, like Ayla Secura and, and Quinlan boss and, and and beyond that, just a lot of, of 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 other additional material to the to the franchise, and, and she would technically she would co-write those comics with John Ostrander mm-hmm. um, but she would just receive artist credit but she really did develop a lot of those ideas and a lot of those characters and, mm-hmm. and she I was a big fan of her work when I was, uh, God, it was I guess it was right after I graduated college and I discovered her artwork and then she started calling for Dark Horse and, and I instantly became a fan of her work and then I ended up just by fate I ended up sitting next to her at a comic con in Chicago um, back in like, I don't even, God, what was it, 2002, 2003? It might have been, it was probably 2002. We ended up sitting next to each other and I didn't, I never met her before, I just knew her name and I knew her artwork and and she, she was aware of my artwork. She was a fan of some of the stuff that I was doing. I had just started doing official Star Wars art for a few years prior to that. So we ended up just hitting it off. We were like, wow, okay, like it was kind of fate that we ended up sitting next to each other. And at the convention in, in Artist Alley, they just sort of, I think it was alphabetical, they just put it together because of our last name. <laughs> and uh, and it, was, it and we just hit it off right away because we're both giant Star Wars nerds, obviously, and we love this stuff, we breed it every day. Right. And, yeah, so we, we, we hit it off and she she taught me like she told me things about my art that just it was like light switches going off. Like she would there were things I was struggling with and she would just give me the answer and it was like a light a light switch would just flip on and I would be like, Oh my god, yeah, that's it, you know, and it would take my work to the next level. So she she uh none for me is like probably the best Star Wars artist that may have ever been, and she's still, she's doing comics still, just not Star Wars, I think she's doing a lot for DC Comics now, and some other stuff, but she's, uh, she's very, very awesome and very talented.
1: But, yeah, it's amazing, like, when you find a teacher, or even, like, some of the best criticism, I find, can come from fellow artists that are friends, you right. know, and, um, once you those 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 people and those influences are absolutely priceless. Um, yeah. so speaking of influences, probably every Star Wars artist out there is probably influenced like a little bit by Ralph Macquarie and what he did. Do you do you do you have a personal Ralph Macquarie favorite of his of his paintings, of his Star Wars work?
0: Wow, that's a good question too, because he's done so many awesome illustrations and and, and paintings and, and concept art for the trilogy and, and even even after the trilogy for for other books and Star Wars books and stuff yeah um I think I think one of my one of my favorite pieces that I actually I got a poster of it um signed um, by Ralph when I met him in 19 I think it was 96 or 97 wow um yeah, this was this was back at a, at, at a Chicago Comic-Con. It was before Wizard World took it over. Yeah. Now it's Wizard World Chicago, but back in the day, it used to be Chicago Comic-Con. And um, I went, uh, I think I had just graduated college, or it was my senior year, and I, I went to Chicago for this convention to, to show my portfolio around to get some work, and I had no idea that he was going to be there, and I was a huge Star Wars fan, obviously. And, and they had the, the Star Wars men behind the mask, uh, tour. Oh yeah. And uh, so they had like you know Peter Mayhew and uh, Anthony Daniels and Jeremy Bullock and I think Kenny Baker may have been there too. So I met all of those guys at that convention and and now Jeremy, uh, it's like I know these guys like on a first name basis after <laughs> after doing conventions with them professionally now. But I met Jeremy for the first time there and uh, Ralph McQuarrie had a booth. Um, he, I guess he was presenting with them with that men behind the mask tour and, I, and he, he had a, a booth with, with uh, a table rather with, with his art on display and, and I'm just like oh my god Ralph McQuarrie at this convention what are the chances yeah. and um, I bought this print this big poster or print uh, and I still have it stashed away uh, it's, the, it's the artwork of it's the concept piece he did for A New Hope where uh um, Luke is fighting Vader, um, and they have Luke is. I guess it's when he's still killer and he has like the breathing mask on. Yeah, and and Vader has more. His suit looks more like um, like a breathing apparatus. It's the concept Vader versus the concept Luke, and it's when he pictured Vader. I guess the fight scene. He pictured them fighting like in an airlock. Like the breathing suit was more of a. You know the breathing masks on Luke, and then Vader had more of a breathing apparatus on his face. So uh, I guess when Ralph interpreted George script, he envisioned the breathing suit to actually, you know, be working in, in, a, in a airlock atmosphere where there was little oxygen. But so it's that it's that painting where it's the. It's the shot of Luke from behind and, and he's kind of hunched over and Vader's kind of in front of him looking very ominous and they're, they're fighting in the airlock. Um, and or I think it's maybe supposed to be the Tantive uh, or the Blockade Runner, but it's that concept painting was always one of my favorites because it, it's sort of the first time, I think it may have been the first time you've seen Ralph that he actually painted Darth Vader uh, fully like realized even though it is a concept version of the character and slightly different uh, but that was always one of my favorite Darth Vader illustrations and I, I bought a print and I got Ralph to sign it at the convention so um, I think that's probably still my favorite piece just because it, it meant a lot to me to have him sign that artwork
1: oh, when yeah. I met it, back minutes Did you get to talk to him at all?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, I was like, <laughs> I, I talked to him briefly, and he was very cordial and very sweet, uh, we didn't talk very long, but I told him, I was like, I actually, I had just started doing Star Wars art for West End Games uh, that year, wow. and I remember telling him, it was, you know, this was my first official Star Wars art for the, for the Star Wars role playing game, which was being produced back in the day, and I had just gotten hired. To do some, some some pen and ink illustrations for these game books. Uh, it's kind of like Dungeons and Dragons, but Star Wars.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I used to oh. play it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I I, I illustrated a, a, a bunch of those books. Yeah, those Star Wars role playing game books for Western Games. But that that I think it was that fall, I or that summer, I had just gotten hired and I just started doing work in it. So I remember telling Ralph, I was like. Like, hey, I'm a lifelong Star Wars fan. I want to be a Star Wars artist. Like, I just want to illustrate Star Wars officially. And I told him what a huge fan I was. And I was, and I, and I remember telling him, I got my first. I had just gotten my first assignment doing Star Wars art for for a publisher. And he thought that was really cool. You know, he was. I remember him congratulating me, and shaking my hand, and. and uh, but uh, yeah, it was. It was. It was I, I kind of geeked out for sure. <laughs> Man, I bet. <laughs> I bet.
1: Um, so you, you mentioned like starting work for uh, West End Games. What what brought you into How did that first, that relationship with Lucasfilm, how did that start to gel in there? Well,
0: I think basically doing work for West End Games, uh, and I worked for them for a couple years doing um, just lots of illustration work for their books uh, for that licensee. Um, from that point you know, and the way I got that work I just submitted a portfolio to the, to the publisher and this was back before the internet really took off this was back before email and I just sent samples in through the mail and then months later I heard back wow. from, from West End Games I heard back from an editor saying hey we got your samples, we got your portfolio submission we love your artwork you know, they called me up and asked me to illustrate do some illustrations for, for, um, for their books so from that point, I developed a relationship with that company, and then um, that led to me developing basically a portfolio of professional work of Star Wars art. Um, and then about a year or two later, um, after West End Games lost the license, I worked for them for a couple of years. I put all my artwork up um, on my website, which I had just launched. So it was, I had all this Star Wars artwork that no one had ever really seen before other than if you bought these books. So, and the internet was really, this was like 90, probably 1998. Um, And uh, so I put all my artwork online. Uh, I started sending samples out and emailing um, editors at like Star Wars Insider and Star Wars Gamer Magazine. Well, actually, Insider led to Gamer I started working for Star Wars Insider they were aware of my work and they saw my Star Wars work so I started illustrating stuff for them and uh, and then also Star Wars Gamer Magazine and then I started doing stuff for the role playing game for Wizards of the Coast and and then so basically it just kind of kind of spiraled from there like I worked for one publisher and and then another licensee and then another licensee and eventually I started doing artwork directly for Lupusome. On, on certain projects, and that's kind of how it all, you know,
1: how it all kind of took off early on. When you first got that, um, what was it was it a phone call or a letter from West End Games saying... Oh, no, they, they
0: the editor, I still remember his name, it was, uh, I'm pretty sure it was Bill Smith that called me, uh, and I don't even know, he, I think he moved on and worked for other companies, but... I got a phone call basically, and I remember to this day I remember getting that phone call. so not only was it really, it was my very first Star Wars assignment uh, for me. And again, this is 1996, and this is
1: yeah.
0: before the this is before the special editions came out, and no one, no one cared about Star Wars anymore. I mean, I mean, some people did obviously, the, the real fans did, but this was before Star Wars really it was kind of dormant for a really long time and and the only things out there were Dark Horse had put out some comics which I was a huge fan of and I was trying to get in with Dark Horse at the time too and uh, it was like Dark Horse comics and Weston games they were the only people that were really doing anything with the license and and um, I remember getting that phone call and being so excited my knees were shaking I'm like oh my god I'm actually going to get paid to draw Star Wars and and so that was a big deal and then of course about a year or so later the special editions came out and everyone remembered Star Wars again and I'm like I was like I've always been a like I've always been here you know like I was so excited but I I think I was lucky that I I got into it early because I mean especially now everyone with a computer can be an artist anymore and, and it's so competitive everyone wants to draw Star Wars for a living and and I, I think I was lucky enough to kind of make a name for myself early on, you know, before the hype train really took off, so.
1: It's, it's, it's interesting, because I've, I've wanted this before, like, what, what do you think it is about Star Wars that inspires so many people that are creative or have, you know, drawing or painting or whatever skills to create Star Wars-based artwork,
0: well, I think for guys like my age or in my generation, it's because Star Wars is what inspired us to become artists in the first place. Absolutely. And that could be I mean, that could be an illustrator, that could be a filmmaker, that could be a, a writer, that could be even an editor or, uh, I mean, any kind of artistic, maybe even a musician, you know? So, like, I think people, guys and girls from my generation, Star Wars was the impetus. Like, oh, what is this thing that's inspiring my imagination? Like, why am I always thinking about this awesome, you know, other galaxy and these incredible characters and these space battles and and laser swords and all these things? And to me, that's what, I mean, I already had an imagination as a kid, but Star Wars just took it to the, to the, you know the nth degree, basically. So, um, I it inspired me even more to be creative and to draw and paint and and, and uh, I think I think for other people who are coming into it, I mean it's probably the same for them. For other kids, you know, other generations past that, but but um, I mean it's still it, it just seems you know. It's it still such a, seems to inspire, really. Like even the Force Awakens was just, you know, in a way, it, it, it was very similar to A New Hope, but at the same time, for a lot of people, especially younger people, it's very unique. You know, it's like, wow, you know, this, this, this—what is this thing? This yeah. amazing world with all these amazing characters, and you know, this mythology and the storytelling.
1: I'd say I love talking to kids who. Force Awakens is their first Star Wars film. Right. And, like, if they're. six seven years old and they've been watching animated movies and then this comes along and i've heard kids say like i've never seen anything like this before right right and that's yeah, kind of it makes me smile because like yeah i'm a i'm an original trilogy generation that you know i was a kid when those movies came out too and it's like yeah, that's how we felt that's exactly how we felt and right. it's how we still feel which is fantastic right. that it's just not stopping Uh um, i think- Go ahead. Well,
0: yeah, well, not to cut you off, but I think a lot of people give The Force Awakens a lot of flack for that. Like, oh, it's very, like, it's very much like the original Star Wars, and maybe it's even too similar to a new hope. But at the same time, you know, it is just different enough for for the older generations of fans. But for the, it's really a movie for the next generation of Star Wars fans. So they're like, yeah, you know, we're gonna give them Star Wars again so that, you know, they don't, you know, they don't know the old Star Wars. This is for the new fans. This is for the new generation. So I think, I think in that sense, it, it was done right to sort of, uh, to appeal to a new audience, to the new, the new fan base that the, the next generation of fans are cultivating them with this new movie. And so I think it, I think it played its cards right, you know, and it did that really well.
1: Oh, I agree, hundred percent. So, what was your what was your Force Awakens opening night experience like? Where were you? Where did you go? Because <laughs> what,
0: what
1: um, everybody's got an experience. Everybody hasn't. It was a night for everyone.
0: Yeah, mine was pretty uh, low key in a way. I mean, I, I got to see it with a couple of my buddies who are also um, Star Wars illustrators. We do official artwork for Lucasfilm. Um, my buddies Brian Rood and Chris Travis. Um, Brian lives in Toledo. Chris lives in uh, just outside of Detroit, Michigan. Okay. So we're all all three of us we we we're all <laughs> we're all similar age. and We all grew up with the same. It's funny because I'm originally I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana. I I moved to Northern Ohio uh, a while back, but. I've been friends with these guys for a while. It's funny because all three of us have a very similar trajectory of of our career and why we do Star Wars, and, and and we didn't know each other growing up, but we all lived very close to each other, and then all three of us ended up, you know, doing uh, official artwork for Lucasfilm on, on 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 Star Wars. So, so we've all become really good friends over the years, and uh, so we all got together. Um, in Toledo uh, where Brian lives because it was sort of the halfway point for, for me and Chris and um, so we got together All well, the three of us went to go see the movie together and uh, so it was you know just just some friends but um, you know three three artists who do official Star Wars art you know that yeah. yeah, was pretty fun so so yeah we uh, we had a good time just hanging out seeing the movie together and and uh, I've seen it a few more times since then so
1: when you when you watched it like for the first time or times after were there any characters or anything that stood out where you are like oh man I gotta I gotta draw that I gotta get on that one
0: well I definitely even before the movie came out like I was very much on board the B 8 hype train oh yeah uh, BB-8 like I even before the movie I was just like oh my god this thing you know like I think when he first rolled out on stage at uh, Celebration Anaheim, uh, but even before then, like we were all very aware of the character. Um, we all, you know, we'd seen photos, we'd seen some video. Of course, we saw the trailer, the the teaser trailer. Um, so, I mean, all that we just knew before going into the movie that yeah, DDA is going to be awesome. Like we just So he's he's sort of a favorite, but then that Kylo Ren really surprised me because I wasn't sure exactly, like he looks cool, but that only takes you so far. So I was,
1: yeah.
0: you know, how am I going to feel for this character? Because he's the big bad guy, but, you know, he's kind of, a, we already knew going into the movie, he was going to be like a Darth Vader fanboy. We knew that, you know, like he wasn't going to, there's no way he could be as cool as Vader. There's no way he could be as powerful as Vader. So, but we were like, you know, what is it about him? What, How are they going to make him work for the fans? Sure. So I saw the movie, and I saw Adam Driver's performance. And I, I saw how they had written the character and how they just turned him into this kind of emo, spoiled, like, just vengeful character. And it really worked. It was just like, wow, okay, I, can, I, I get it. Like, I can see, you know so I think, I think Kylo Ren probably, um, for me, and I'm, I i do not know why, what it is it about the bad guys? I love Vader. I love Boba Fett. He's my second favorite Star Wars character, but Kylo Ren really like took me by surprise in that movie. And I was like, yeah, this, this is a really cool character. I want to see where, how they developed him. I want to see him get even more evil. I want to see him, I want to see him become more powerful. And you know, so, um, yeah, that would be cool. So, I, yeah, he's, I think him and BB-8 are probably my favorite.
1: Yeah, I can't help thinking with Kylo Ren when he got that scar across his face. It's just like, oh, man, you're really inching close to dear old grandpa there, you know? Yeah, like, yeah right. <laughs> like in Episode 8 when he comes rolling out, man, what is, you know, what kind of... Because like he left his mask there on the bridge and the whole Star Starkiller blaze base blew up, so... Yeah, he, yeah. He might need a I'm new mask. He's got he probably. He's got his closet full. I'm um, sure.
0: It's the new Boba Fett Star Wars large size action figure from Kenner. Darth Vader sold separately. Capture them alive. You got the job. Boba Fett has a see through helmet with play rangefinder to locate your objective. You can move his legs, knees, arms, even wrists and elbows. His backpack unit is removable.
1: You have your mission. Good luck. I don't need luck. I'm the
0: best. New Boba Fett Star Wars large size action figure from Kenner. Darth Vader sold separately.
1: So recently I saw you were in Disneyland. Yeah. What was that like? That must have been incredible. Tell me about the... Oh, no, it was. Tell me about the Disneyland. How
0: could you not have fun at Disneyland? Um, Yeah, I did a signing um, at Disneyland. Uh, I've recently been doing um, some official Star Wars work for for Disney through through Disney Wonderground, which is sort of their fine art um, division, um, I love
1: have, that, that I love that store it, there in Disney, yeah like in, it's a
0: great store they have tons of, of Disney related art and and they've just started putting out Star Wars art now um and I, I did some pieces for them and uh basically they, they had me come in and so I, I flew to Anaheim and did the signing for the weekend and uh when they launched the artwork and uh basically signed artwork for fans and it was it was fun. Um, it was a really good time, and I'm working on some uh, Force Awakens art for them right now, which yeah, you know, I can't talk too much about. But I mean, it's, I mean, the movie's out, but yeah, I just don't know if the art I don't know if the artwork's approved yet or not. So I'm hoping that it gets approved, and then if so, then I'll I'll be going forward with some new uh, pieces for for Disney Wonderground for. Force Awakens have
1: you ever had anything that you like really loved and got rejected
0: um eh not really I mean there's been a few times where I, I don't I don't I don't think that necessarily where it was something I was really in love with that I was just really devastated by but um I mean there's been a couple instances I guess where I've worked on stuff that hadn't come out Mm -hmm. That, uh, for various reasons, it wasn't so much rejected. It was just basically like, oh well. uh," There's always things moving behind the scenes in terms of different editors and art directors, and then different, you know, the, the actual license of Star Wars itself going from one publisher to another. So there's sometimes there's things like that where you're working on something or you're working on projects. And then it's scheduled to come out, and, you know, everything's been approved, but then for some reason, at the last minute, oh, well, we're going to cancel this, or this doesn't come out. So, um, so I mean, that's happened a number of times, but yeah. I mean, I've done so much Star Wars art that, you know, it's not really that big of a deal. It's sort of, like, now it's like, you know, it, it, I'm, I guess I'm, I mean, you never really get used to it, but you always kind of prepare, like, like yeah, you know, hopefully this goes through because you know you never know at the last second they could pull the plug on something. Right. Um. You know, like I've, I've done work for Dark Horse that didn't come out. Um. That was scheduled to come out. Everything was approved, and then I've done work for uh for Topps on Star Wars trading cards. You know, that um, an entire series of illustrations, and at the last minute, uh, Lucasfilm changed their mind, and it was kind of between. Uh, It was in that transition period when uh, Lucasfilm was bought by Disney, so things kind of shifted, and certain, you know, all of a sudden plans had changed, and they're like, "Well, we're not going to go that direction, you know, this time." Yeah, um, and that just happens in any kind of transitional period behind the scenes.
1: So, what's your? Everybody has a theory. What's Who's Ray? What's your opinion? What's your theory? What are you standing by?
0: Um, my theory, and this is coming from a total fan, uh, point of view, not, this isn't anything official. Sure. Yeah, of course. um, Of course. You know, um, because honestly, I mean, there's I think there's, (laughs) there's only a few select people that know, and those are people that are actually writing and directing these movies.
1: Yeah, and they're not saying anything.
0: Yeah, they're not saying anything. So, um... You know, I knew a lot of stuff going into The Force Awakens. I I knew a lot, but, uh, that information I didn't know and I still don't know. So, um, with, with Ray's parents, I, I don't know. I want to, I want to say that just on the, on the evidence alone that they brought in Ewan McGregor to record some dialogue for her flashback scene and when she's hearing his voice, um, uh, during her little flashback montage when she finds uh, Luke's lightsaber, um, I want to say she's a Kenobi, you know? And mm-hmm. There's just so many similarities in the movie where she, where they, they allude to uh, things that are reminiscent of, of Obi-Wan in A New Hope, like when she uses the Jedi mind trick, you know, for the first time, um, like Obi-Wan did in A New Hope. When she's scaling... She's scaling the wall, trying to escape from Starkiller Base. It was very reminiscent of, of Obi Wan sneaking around the Death Star. Um, just in the fact that they used Alec Guinness's voice to say Ray, and you and McGregor recorded that line. And it's like, why are they tying her into you know? Why would Kenobi's you know Kenobi's Force Ghost or spirit or you know be calling out to her? You know, why wouldn't it be? Anakin or why wouldn't it be you know someone else but, sure you know why couldn't it have been Yoda for that matter you know Yoda's been known to he talks to Ezra the Star Wars Rebels yeah. you know so it's like you know why could we why didn't they use Yoda's voice but the fact that they chose Kenobi makes me think that they're setting up a whole Kenobi versus Skywalker type you know a Kenobi versus Vader type thing like in A New Hope with hmm. with Kenobi and Anakin you know because Kylo is obviously a Skywalker, he's a, you know, he's a Darth Vader's grandson. And then so I think they're doing a whole kind of contrast, like a dynamic to that, where we're going to have a Kenobi versus a Vader character so, anyway, that's my guess. I think it, she might be related to Kenobi, but I could be totally wrong.
1: Yeah, it's, and that's the great thing that, like, you know, like you have some – You know, pretty valid points, and then you talk to somebody else, and they can change your mind. And it's the great thing now with Force Awakens that it's it's like you know, it's like the summer after we all saw Empire Strikes Back all over again, and we're on the playground saying like, "There's no way Darth Vader's Luke's dad. There's no way," you know. Some other kids like some other kids like, "No, I believe it. It is," you know, like.
0: Well, and what's so great about Star Wars is, because really, I mean, like what other franchise would you care about who someone's parents are? You know, and that's a theme that carries through Star Wars. And it's like, okay, you know, Rey obviously has to have some kind of connection. You know, if Kylo, if Ben Solo is Han and Leia's kid, Rey has to belong to someone. So it, it does really kind of inspire that that, that, that conversation, and, and how cool would it be, and I'm just thinking about this, like, if, if Rey really is a Kenobi, I mean, how cool would it be to have Luke as a, you know, Luke Skywalker training a Kenobi, whereas, you know, Ben Kenobi trained Luke Skywalker, so now Luke as a Jedi Master gets to, you know, past tradition, you know, sort of flips the tables, and now he's... You know, training a, a Kenobi. You know, if if Ray is, a, so I, th- I think that would be really cool, just to kind of have that dynamic.
1: Yeah, and it, yeah, I just thought, you know, I hadn't thought about it before, but like how, in the end, of course, Ray is giving Luke the saber, and it's the exact same saber that Obi Wan gave to Luke. You know what? Right. Oh, there you
0: go. 30, 40 that's years season. before. There's poetry in that. There's definitely a symmetry there, and that's a totally valid point, and that just cements it further <laughs> now I'm even more aboard the Kenobi hype train so. I'm,
1: I'm totally right and yeah <laughs> so you mentioned um, you got some more Force Awakens stuff coming out um, you don't have to answer it if you don't want to but any Rogue One stuff in the works
0: um, not at this point um not yet I mean I'm hoping that'll change in the near future but uh, I mean a couple of my buddies are, are working on Rogue One stuff that's, um, that's awesome for the movie so yeah there's I mean I've I, I've seen <laughs> some really cool stuff that Yeah, I can't talk about yeah. but because uh, uh, my friends are working on stuff but um, yeah it's going to be really great <laughs> I can't wait to do some, some Rogue One related art that's it's uh, I think it's going to catch a lot of people by surprise because it's going to be even, it's going to be even, it's going to be even more classic trilogy than, than The Force Awakens is, which obviously could take place in that era, but it just, I don't know, I mean, yeah, just some of the sights that people are going to see, it's going to be like, you know, totally back to, back to Star Wars, you know, back to A New Hope
1: you in just that gave era. you just gave me the chills, man. Just gave me the chills. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can't. I, mean there's so much stuff I want to say, but I can't. Don't you know? tell me. Don't tell me. Um, ma- a, a year yeah, from now, we we'll, am not to say anything. We'll, 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 my job. we'll talk again a year from now, and you can be like, "Here's yeah, I what guess. I wanted to tell you." Can you believe? Well, I'm
0: not even really doing any. It's, these are just my friends working on stuff, but um, hopefully, yeah, by that time, I'll uh, you know I'll have some some cool stories to tell. But uh, but for now, it's just the stuff I've seen I, it looks it's just it, it's going to be an amazing movie um, people aren't prepared <laughs> you're not ready you're not ready for real I, mean, uh, no, I don't think I, I think it's going to really catch a lot of people uh, by surprise so
1: so what other kind of stuff what other kind of new works do you have going on besides Star Wars
0: um, well I mean well I've got other Star Wars stuff and most of it is Star Wars stuff so yeah. it's like um they, I've got. Well, I'm doing some Star Wars art for. Uh, I don't know if this book's been announced yet, but I don't know if I should even announce the title. But it's a book that's going to be. It's in the. If you're familiar with like the the Jedi Path and the Book of the Sith. Oh yeah. Um. Okay. So you know. You know those interactive Star Wars books. Yeah. That, those that, those that, books are crazy. Oh. Yeah, and they come out like in the deluxe edition with all like the electronics, and, yeah. stuff, and then they then they release a regular version a little later on. Um, well, these you know deluxe books that they're putting out. Um, they did the last one. See, I, after Book of the Sith, there was the Bounty Hunter Code with, mm-hmm. uh, with Boba Fett book, and then there was uh, the Imperial uh, Field Officer, the Imperial Field Officer's Guide, or yeah. I think that's what it was called. The I worked on it. I can't remember the title. (laughs) The Imperial Imperial Handbook of Field Officers' Guide. Right. That's what it's called. Um, So this is another book that's in line uh, with those. Okay. 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 Um, All right. So I'm doing illustrations for that book right now, Um, and let's see. And I'm, I'm working on some concepts, hopefully, that I'm hoping will get approved by ACME archives, some uh, Force Awakens art for ACME. Um, so we'll see how those go. Um, I'm actually working on those right now. And what else? Um, is there anything else Star Wars related I'm working on right now? I got some other things. Well, and then I, I'm working on my artwork for Celebration uh, Europe, which oh, will be in London. Um, that that'll be in London this July. Yeah, so that's the big Star Wars uh, convention they have every couple years or so.
1: so. Yeah, I wish I was at I was at Anaheim and I seriously had the best four days of my life. I wish I could go to London, but
0: Oh, Anaheim was insane. Yeah, oh. I, I, that was the biggest and the best Star Wars convention. Star Wars celebration that I've ever done. Um, It was just, oh my God, it was a whirlwind. It was nonstop. It was so fun. Um, And I've I've been to almost every uh, celebration except the very first one in Denver and then the the one they had in Japan. So those are the only two that I haven't gone to. And I was in the one in Germany a few years ago and then I was in London back in 2007. So I'm really excited to... To be
1: going back to London um, this summer. I bet. I bet. I, I was saying to a friend of mine, Anaheim was like, you know, it's like you talk, you hear from people that were at Woodstock, and they're like, you yeah, just had oh, to, yeah. he had to be there. Like the vibe yeah. there <laughs> was something else, and that's that's what I felt with Anaheim. I was like, it was everyone was so excited, and there was so much like like joy in that building for four yeah. days. Yeah. You know,
0: I. It, I mean and really a lot of it was due to the fact because everyone knew The Force Awakens I mean I I think a lot of a lot of people knew it was going to deliver but it was just the hype was so positive for it and and fans were so hungry and even desperate to to for Star Wars I mean it not just because of the prequels but because it it had been about 10 years yeah. and people people were excited for Star Wars again it had been gone too long and and, and fans and the Anaheim you know the fact that they had you know they, they launched the trailer there the fact that they uh, they had J.J. Abrams and, and all the the cast were there um, I mean that that morning after the uh, the uh, the exhibit hall had opened after the they had the big panel with J.J. Abrams and all the cast and it just it was like Fireworks that went off inside the convention because all of a sudden that place just blew up inside, and people were just—it was just like there was so much emotion because it, they had just seen the first trailer for the fourth—not so the teaser, but the but the actual first trailer—and it just, uh, yeah, people were on such a high from that trailer, from such the positive vibes from from JJ's presentation, and and it just everything you know, it just built. <laughs> and yeah. It come to a head and, and that convention just did not, it was, it was, being it like, I, I don't even, I can't describe it. It was like the best rock concert for like four days you could ever
1: come yeah. to. It totally was. I just, sometimes I, I'll start thinking about Celebration and I'll just start looking at my pictures on my phone from it just to kind of get it, yeah. Get yeah. it <laughs> just try and go back it, a little bit. Um, it's
0: going to be, it's going to be tough to top that experience because like each celebration just gets bigger and better and it's just like how like that was just insane like how are they going to do like I mean I, I know Celebration London will be really great but you know I, I, can they top Celebration Anaheim in terms of just you know how epic it was I mean I don't know but you know I imagine it'll be great but uh, it's, yeah Anaheim was just I think cause it started it had just been you know I don't know just the timing because it was you know The Force Awakens was just building up to that so yeah that, I, that's going to be hard to replicate ever again but I, I think you know I think all the celebrations are going to be uh, they're just going to get bigger and bigger yeah. I don't know if they'll be as epic but they'll definitely just keep getting bigger
1: It's aside from Celebration London what other uh, what other appearances do you have coming up?
0: um Let's see. Oh, God, a lot. Oh, my God, I'll have to look at my website. No. I'm, like, I'm doing, like, 15 conventions this year, I think. Wow. Um, uh, let's see. I'm Wizard World Cleveland, um, which is in a couple weeks, February 26th. I'll be there. Then there's C2E2 um, in Chicago, uh, March 18th. Um, I might be in Dayton. Uh, for Gem City Comic-Con. Then that's April 2nd. Uh, Emerald City Comic-Con is April 7th uh, in Seattle, Washington. Uh, So I'm planning on going to that one. I'll definitely be at Motor City uh, Comic-Con, which is in Novi, Michigan. That should be in your neck of the woods.
1: Yep, I'll see you there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, So that's May 13th um, for Motor City. Phoenix Comic-Con, I'm planning to attend That's June 2nd, and I'll definitely be at Denver Comic-Con June 17th, and then there's Comic-Con International, uh, which is in San Diego, July 20th, that's the big one, Uh, one of the big ones, there's so many big ones now, but that's, between that and New York Comic-Con, those are the big ones, Uh, so I'll be at Comic-Con in San Diego, then there's Wizard World Columbus um, July 29th. Uh, in Columbus, Ohio and Kansas City Comic Con August 12th Um, Oh, and then uh, right before that I'll be in London for Celebration Europe um, for that Star Wars event and then uh, Kansas City August 12th uh, Wizard World Chicago um, that'll be August 18th and then New York Comic Con which is the other really huge event that's October 6th and then right now my last appearance for 2016 looks like it's going to be in Pittsburgh for Wizard World Pittsburgh and that's November 4th so that's a lot of dimensions that I'll (laughs) I'll be at
1: you got a full calendar
0: pretty much it's like one a month or one uh, almost every or maybe even two a month I mean some of them I'm doing three a month and then and then I might have a month off and then I'm doing another two it just kind of all over the place
1: Wow! so how can people listening to this how can people find your work
0: um, if they go to my official website which is um you can see all my artwork there uh, if you go there you can follow me there's links to my Facebook my Instagram my Twitter um the links for my, for my official art store is there. If you want to buy a, a Star Wars print, or I also do Star Trek artwork and X-Files and lots of other things. So um, you can go there and check out my artwork or buy my artwork there. Um, but yeah, joekarney.com is uh, how to find me and how to reach me. Well, that's awesome. Joe,
1: this has been awesome. Thank you so much for, um, for talking to me.
0: Oh, yeah. No, no. Thanks, thanks for having me
1: on. I appreciate it. Yeah, may the force be with you, Joe. Oh, thanks. <laughs> may the force be with you, too. Thank you again, Joe, for taking the time to talk to me. And I really encourage everybody listening to go uh, check out joecoroni.com. Check out his website. Check him out on whatever social media that you use. He's on there. Um, take a look at his website. If you're a fan of Star Wars and cool stuff, chances are he's got some art that you're really going to dig.
0: Mom, you say the biggest problem in this universe is nobody helps each other.
1: And hey, if you liked this episode and you're listening to us on iTunes, head over to iTunes and leave us a review. I will read your review on the show. I promise. You must contact me. Talk to Blast Points on Twitter. Just look up Blast underscore points. We're on there. We're on Facebook, got a Blast Points page, and we're on Instagram. Send us some suggestions for the show. What do you want us to talk about? Let us know. What kind of interviews would you want? I'm open, we'll talk about it. You can read my weekly reviews of Rebels on doomrocket.com every Thursday. I got a new review coming up there. And Gabe is going to be back on next week's Blast Points. And we, I think we're going to be talking about one of our favorite films of the Star Wars saga. It could be really good. It's going to be really amazing. I can guarantee that. We're going to be talking about our favorite parts, our favorite lines, and any other buck wild Star Wars news that is sure to pop up in the next week. Because every single week, I feel like there's something completely wild happening. What's going to happen next? Who knows? That's the exciting Star Wars times we're in right now. So until next week... Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you.
0: I see you have constructed a new lightsaber. Your skills are complete.
1: Indeed, you are powerful, as the Emperor has foreseen.